WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia, Tennessee. In the home of classic hits, 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. This is the Chandler Anderson Show, providing the community with nonpartisan, reliable information regarding medical issues of the day. I'm always speaking my mind when I'm better off by my tongue. Text the show to 931 446 7865. This is Coach Mike, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia, Tennessee. This is the Chandler Anderson Show, providing the community with nonpartisan, reliable information regarding medical issues of the day. I'm always speaking my mind when I'm better off by my tongue. Text the show to 931 446 Each week, we recognize a Citizen of the Week for outstanding contributions to the community. This is the Chandler Anderson Show, presented by Right Care. All right, Coach Mike, we're back. We're here on a Tuesday night. A Tuesday night. We've been preempted by Nick Saban. I guess we can give up that slot to the greatest of all time. Well, yeah, I guess it would kind of have to don't i'm we? like i mean you know i mean the station hey, manager is an alabama fan what do you do i was gonna say but i, I don't think you're crying too hard are i'm you? not listen I'll, I'll be his billingsley i'll stand on the sideline and take a take some advice from him so uh did you get a chance to watch that miami uh alabama game uh no i didn't get to watch that one i'm uh, gonna tell you there were, if you're a line guy there was mm-hmm. some defense that was amazing yeah, Mathis looked like he was. He's a defense guy. He looked like he was just. I, I told my friend that does psych. I said that man needs some geodon. He's angry and aggressive. <laughs> now I was in Arkansas this weekend with my oh, son-in-law okay. Brian, that you, whom you met. Yeah, yeah, uh, wrestling uh, fan. Yeah, yeah, wrestling fan. He's also a big Arkansas Razorback fan. God bless him. So uh, we were watching the the Hogs. And, Who did uh, they play? Uh, let's see. I forgot. Let's see. They were playing. Uh, Shows I'm you how close I paid I'm attention sorry. to it, but they won, right, and that's what, they're really excited about that. After a couple of years that they've had, right. yeah, they've you had know, last year was kind years. of a turnaround. This year, now they're kind of expecting some some big things with it and, and stuff. So they were they were excited. Well, I, I gave all my UT buddies uh, a lot of grief over them playing uh, Bowling Green. I was like, man, is that the is that the school where uh, is that a high school where where's that? <laughs> and then I, I look on our schedule, and we got Mercer. I'm like, yeah. mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Everybody's gotta, got gotta, their bowling green. Yeah, got got to have some of those to work out some of the kinks. So, well, I've been out for a couple of weeks mainly because COVID has just been insane. We um, were using PCR tests because, to be honest, I couldn't find a rapid test that I felt was reliable. We finally found one in Quidel, Q U I D L Quick View. They are ninety seven percent accurate as far as positive and ninety nine percent accurate as far as negative. So I felt pretty good about them. So. Um, I was having to chase people down to give them their positive results, and it just takes up so much time. And the girls and the guys at the office, Mike, they are just killing it. I mean, they're staying over to 1 o'clock in the morning, but 
nobody's taking shortcuts. Everybody's getting the good care they deserve. Um, we're getting monoclonal set up. We're, we're cleaning up other clinics' messes. There are some clinics who aren't treating people. And I, yeah. my mind's blown by that because we've been tre- we di- Jeanette and I diagnosed the first two cases here in Murray County, and mm-hmm. we treated them with what we were told to treat them with at that time. Mm-hmm. You can't just not treat people. You can't send people home and go, well, take Tylenol and Motrin and you know drink a lot of water. Well, no, 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 no. This is a <laughs> disease. You got to be proactive, and you got to get in front of that cytokine storm that I talked about before, where you just get this massive inflammation. But today I want to talk about kind of the state of the county. And then also I want to address this school board meeting. That was going to be my next show before the spike hit. This this guy, it's interesting. If you have doctor in front of your name. Okay, uh, let's, let's clarify just a little bit. We're not talking about our school board. Not our school board. Yeah, not right, our, let's not, clarify this that. Is, this is sure a school was... board up in Mount Vernon, Indiana. Um, as I understand it, and this Dr. Dan Stock. But first, before we get to him, let's talk about the state of Murray County and where we're at. We have a surge in in cases. Um, if you look at the Daily Herald from Sunday, hospitalizations are on track to surpass the previous peak. Most of those people hospitalized, you know, 98% of them are unvaccinated folks. Um, you know, I've, I've never told people we should mandate a vaccine. I don't think you should. I think that's a liberty issue. But I think if there's something that keeps you from dying, you should probably look into it pretty seriously. And the telltale sign for me is I had folks who said no way, never, who sent me pictures of their vaccine cards because they they got it. Like when you look at Vandy stats that they put out, I want to say they had 14 or 17 people on the vent. And every one of them were unvaccinated. Zero percent of them were vaccinated people. And we're going to delve into what do vaccines do? You know, do vaccines keep you from getting the disease? No. We take the flu vaccine. Sometimes you can still get it. There can be a variant. We take the chicken. We give kids the chicken pox vaccine. Sometimes they still get it. And parents are looking at me like, well, they took the vaccine. And this is for 15 years I've been doing this, you know. As an NP, you know, they're not 100%. Your kid can still get chicken pox. Shingles. People get the shingles vaccine and still get shingles. People take pneumonia vaccine. They still get pneumonia sometimes. I mean, nothing is 100% in medicine. If it was, my job would be real easy because there would be an absolute. And that's the thing people have to remember is there are no absolutes in medicine. There are no absolutes in just about anything. Right. You know, it's kind of like football. On any given Sunday, you can get beat. Uh, with any yeah. given disease, things can go awry. But if you look at it, the hospitalizations are on track to surpass previous peak. Murray Regional forced to expand ICU to 38 beds. That's right there on the front page. Um, they had 100 inpatients with COVID as of Friday, 32 of them being cared for in the ICU. Um, they've had to kind of overflow to the third floor, as I understand it. Uh, Dr. Cheney's out there kind of leading the charge. Um and I'll tell you, Dr. Cheney is a stand-up guy. And I was glad to read the article today where he has been named interim CEO at Murray Regional. Alan Watson's leaving to retire. Alan and I have not always been in agreement, but I will tell you, with this COVID outbreak, Alan Watson has stepped up and he has made things available to the community to save lives. I was talking to a friend of mine up in Portland today who's a nurse practitioner, and I was telling him about the monoclonals. And he said, man, i got to send people to the ER to get those. 
Now think about that. You're sending somebody to the ER to get treatment for COVID. So what that means is you're sending them inside the building with people who are COVID negative to get an infusion. Well, what's the chance of them giving somebody COVID? It's pretty high, even with a mask. And we're going to talk about masks as we delve into. What's what's the purpose of putting it in the emergency? Money. Because you get an ER bill. Instead of an outpatient infusion bill, which is much cheaper, oh, Murray, Murray chose to do the right thing and make it available as an outpatient, and we order them all day long. I've got a stack of all of ours that we've ordered since the spike. I've got to move it to a, you know, those stand-up boxes you put on your desk mm-hmm. for papers. Yeah, I have one full. I've got to start on number two. I can probably shred them because those people mm-hmm. have probably had their <laughs> infusions by now. But I mean. That's how many we've done. I've ordered more infusions with this than I did the first round because we didn't have them for part of it. Uh, And we're going to talk about that, too, like how the treatment has evolved. Um, But the other thing is, you know, this other headline that's important is amid COVID-19 surge, hospitals are bleeding staff. I'm going to tell you, it is very hard, if you've never had to do it, to watch a patient pass away. It's very, very hard. And if you're my friend on Facebook, take a look at the video uh, from the young lady from Pikeville, I think is where she's at. And I think that's in West Virginia or Kentucky. They've got coal coal mines. And she tells the story of being a cardiothoracic nurse and her floor being changed to a COVID floor. And at first it was a bed or two, and then it was six beds, and then eventually the entire floor was full. And with this Delta variant, these guys were coming up from the coal mines, so they have some underlying lung disease, unvaccinated. And she is in there (coughs) helping. I swear it's not COVID. I got strangled. Um, (laughs) She is in there helping them FaceTime their family for the last time. Now, you want to talk about an emotional toll. Your daughter spoke of it. Yes. The PTSD that these nurses and doctors and respiratory therapists and techs and security and janitors and custodial staff, cafeteria folks, that they are enduring watching people die, it is it is amazingly traumatizing. You know, and that's why I get so angry when I see that people aren't treating people because you, you don't have to die. You don't have to die from COVID. Even if you're unvaccinated, you don't have to die from COVID. I put out a link today. If you went somewhere and you were told you had COVID and they didn't treat you, send, fill out this paperwork and we can do a telemedicine visit. Uh, insurance requires me to do paperwork. Trust me. If I could get by without doing paperwork, I would. <laughs> the bane of my existence is paperwork. But I'm going to run through the state of Murray County as far as healthcare right now. Your clinics are overwhelmed. Every clinic I know of has a wait right now. Every urgent care clinic. Mine does. Fast Pace does. Uh, Murray does. Some of them are requiring appointments now because they're that overwhelmed. For the first time in our 11-year history, I had to implement a 1030 rule. We take our last patient at 1030 because my staff was staying over to 1 and 2 in the morning because a family of 7 would walk in at 1030. You know, and I get it. Mom's got six kids, you know, maybe stepkids, maybe not, you know, but she's in there seven people to be seen. And you want to talk about a higher risk for a mistake. 
seven people at 1 a.m. I mean, you're, that's just begging for a mistake. But, um, you know, let, let's just go through some things as far as the hospital. And this is reliable information. The paper backs it up. And it's been from multiple people at the hospital. You know, the ICU had 40 patients. Normally they hold 26. So that means they filled up their second ICU. And then they've had to overflow onto the step down. Step down's where you're making progress. And so you're not quite ready for the floor, but you don't require intensive care. So you got that step down kind of transition unit. You know, when I worked there as a long time ago as a nurse in 98, 99, 2000, you know, step downs where you have your cardiogenic drips, you know, for when you're out of rhythm or step downs for those people who had a heart attack and they're doing okay, but you just need to keep a close watch on them. Step down is getting ventilators now. Think about that. They're getting ventilators that they've never taken care of. And so the ICU nurses are having to come out from the ICU where they're already overwhelmed and help manage those on the floor. I will tell you, those that's dedication. Because I'm going to tell you, a lot of people are walking away. A lot of people yeah. are just leaving. They're just saying enough. There's not enough money in the world for me to continue to watch people die, to watch people take mm-hmm. their last breath. There's just not. And so, you know, now Murray's had to get extra vents from Tennessee emergency, Ma- uh, emergency management. We had to get gloves from them at one point at right care. Cause we couldn't order any McKesson was on back order. Henry shine was on back order. You couldn't get gloves, basic gloves. Um, Tima has done a great job. I had them delivered to my house and I didn't realize how many I'd ordered. I have trouble sometimes when it defaults to cases instead of boxes. So up pulls this big old truck, and the kids are like, oh, great. What is Dad ordered now? And it's like, beep, beep, beep. You know, I live in a cul-de-sac. So they've come around. They're backing up. I'm like, I don't know. That's an unmarked. I don't know. This, there, there's nothing identifiable on that <laughs> truck. Y'all get in the house. <laughs> you know, I have finally made somebody angry enough. They're coming to my house. <laughs> but And the guy hops out and he's like, is this right, care? Nope, it's not. But what, what you need? He's like, oh, I'm from team. I'm like, oh, yeah. He's like, I've got 14 cases of gloves. And I'm like. I'm in to order 14 boxes, but okay, <laughs> we'll make it work. Like I, We're not running out of gloves yes, or hand sanitizer <laughs> or aerosols for disinfectant. We're just not. But Tima's had to provide Murray with vents. And here's the saddest thing for me, man. We have a mobile morgue now. We have a mobile morgue. I'm not going to say where it is on campus because I don't want people going there and disrespecting people. In it. I mean, even if they don't mean to, just – Going there and staring at it, it's just wrong, I think. But I want y'all to think about that. These people are spending their last hour, last minute of their life alone, can't have their family with them. The nurse is there holding their hand. They pass away. Then they get put in a essentially what's a, a cooled trailer truck. That's where you end up. That's sad. That's, that's devastating and sad. And it's 100% treatable preventable if we catch it early we can turn you around i mean i've not had a single death from what i call our starting patients you know Mm -hmm. we've had people who ended up in the hospital because they went somewhere else they were given no treatment they come to us on day nine because they're gasping and we've had to call the ambulance from right care i don't know how many times in the last three weeks 
you know, I've got some great staff there, Robert, Caitlin, uh, Terry, JF, Kim, you know, Kelly, they're good staff, good providers, but they've had to call the ambulance because they'll text me and say, hey, this person was treated at X place. They didn't do anything for them. There's, their oxygen level is 84. Heart rate's 180. We need to call an ambulance. You know, well, let's do it. You know, yeah. let's get them to the hospital. Folks, if you, and the message I want to send here, if your provider tells you there's nothing to be done, come see us. If you test positive, check out my Facebook page. Check out the Right Care Clinic page, Facebook page. Click that link. I can do telemedicine. You can sit at home where you need to be if you have COVID. can't tell you how many positives I called when we were doing majority PCR testing. And it, when it got to about two days for results because of the lab, and I want to say this, don't give the lab grief, guys. They are overwhelmed right now. They are doing tens of thousands of tests a day. And guess what? Chandler Anderson ain't nothing special. Mike Lyles Mm -hmm. ain't nothing special to the lab. They're a specimen with an accession number, and that's it. So we can't put you in front of other people. Sorry that you're special. In your mind, you're not at the lab. It's a specimen. We can't do that. But, you know, once we got to where it was taking a little longer, I would call people to tell them they were positive, and I would hear, beep, beep. And I'm like, wait a minute, ma'am. Are you shopping? Yeah, I'm at Walmart. You're supposed to be quarantining. Come on. <laughs> you know, and, but I get it. Like, they think, well, I haven't heard anything in two days. It's usually a day. I must be negative, you know, because the health department had this policy of not calling negatives. Mm. And so the problem with that is when there's a delay in testing or results, right. people assume. That they're negative. Well, some some of the jobs that people have out there, you know, for instance, the schools required a report. Right. You know, you had to have a negative report right. to come back in. You know, yeah. you were you were until until proven. You, you were infected until proven otherwise. Well, and basically, that's, that's the way what it our works. paperwork says: is assume and, you're positive yeah. in and, big uh, caps. So, <laughs> I am not uh, not calling you. That that doesn't that seems a little strange, especially when you don't know when exactly the report's going to come back right how do i know stay at home (laughs) i remember you know with my situation you know my my report got delayed i know god bless you and stuff so (laughs) you're uh, the only person that's happened to by the way (laughs) out of all the tests we've done you're still i've been waiting for the next one nope nope Uh, but but, it was kind of like you know in the meantime i was i was there i was i was quarantined i until I got my report now, you know, as it, as it, as it worked out, we still don't know. But right. uh, <laughs> I mean, are you okay if I say your result or not? Oh, I'm yeah, right. that's fine. Mike was what you call a little bit pregnant, essentially. His his test was not <laughs> either it. positive nor was it <laughs> negative. You tell me you were going that yeah, way. I mean, <laughs> his test was inconclusive. So I was sitting there thinking, like, what? What does this mean, inconclusive? What? Like, okay, you got a little bit of COVID, Mike. <laughs> You know, yeah. The, the people look at me. And I said, "Well, uh, if I understand not it right, had another I was, one yet. I was, uh, I, I had too much in me to say I was negative, and not enough in me to say that I was positive. Right. And therefore, since I was already having a quarantine anyway, with my wife being positive, we just went ahead and went the positive route right. and, and took care of the situation. And uh, as you called it, risk assessment, right? Or you know, risk." Uh, not assessment. Uh, well, risk, I mean, it's risk mitigation, versus risk, yeah, risk mitigation. mitigation. Yeah, and so it was a. It so. was just a matter of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, we didn't know, but I couldn't right. imagine me waiting because right. 
Because potentially, had it been the policy of you not to call for negative, right. I'd you still were, be waiting on a report. Right, right, right. <laughs> so. we, we've always called positive and negative. But let, we're going to go to break, come back, talk a little bit more about the state of, of Murray County. And then we're going to get into this uh, Dr. Dan Stock, the functional family medicine guy that so bravely stood before the Mount Vernon School Board and made himself look foolish. So, all right, let's go to break, and uh, we'll be back. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Folks, the Right Care Walking Clinic, located in front of Walmart, is open 11 to 11 every day of the week. If your kid gets sick when you get home from work and your child needs to be seen but your provider's office is closed, come see us. We see children, adults, geriatric folks. Folks, we've been open 10 years and we stay late, so you don't have to wait at the emergency room to get the care that you deserve. The Right Care. We're open 11 to 11 every day in front of Walmart, Columbia, Tennessee. Parks Motor Sales in Columbia has a large assortment of quality, new, and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, a trusted sales staff, and financing plans that fit any budget. Visit Parks once, and you'll quickly discover why people all over Middle Tennessee have been buying vehicles there for more than 60 years. And factory-certified technicians can service and repair your vehicle as long as you own it. Go to ParksMotorSales.com or stop by the lot at 919 Nashville Highway and take a test drive today. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the Garbage Man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. Do you know Tillis Jewelry creates custom, one-of-a-kind pieces that are available in our store now? Hello, this is Rick Tillis, and that's right. We are known for our custom designs. We create jewelry using old mine-cut or European-cut diamonds to rare colored gemstones. We create these custom pieces for each season. I'm sure you can find something for yourself or a loved one. Stop by our showroom and try on a Tillis Jewelry custom piece today. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to view our designs and much more. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. 
For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 7 p.m. two nights a week, 931-388-8452. Beck Dental Care in Columbia, 1603 Rosewood Drive. We started listening to your station and everybody likes it. It's awesome. Yes, it's awesome. We absolutely love it. Here we go. I'm like Scotch inside a gold band. I'm like Eastside Pans, Vans, and I'm always speaking my mind when I'm better off by my tongue. You're listening to The Chandler Anderson Show. Contact the show via text at 931-446-7865. But I'm not for All right, guys, we're back. We're talking about the state of Murray County as far as uh, COVID. You know, the other thing we have to remember is our beds are full. The hospital's often at, at, at capacity or on diversion if they can't take any more patients. So if Mike and I are going somewhere and we're in a wreck, there's no bed for us. You know, we, I mean, I, I went through this with H1N1, and this is not HIPAA for those of you who have concerns about HIPAA and what I say on the radio. I'm never going to give anybody's protected health information out. And by the way, it's H-I-P-A-A, not an animal. But there's that. But uh, And it's not HIPAA like an air filter. That's not right either. It's always fun to get lectured by someone who can't spell it. But, you know, I had an instance where a family drove their family member past Crockett to us, and they get in the ER, and I see them, and they need to be admitted. And I start calling around. We had no beds. We were on diversion, which means, you know, we can't take ambulances or transfers or things like that. Um, so we um, – I called um, Williamson, no bed. Called Centennial, no bed. St. Thomas, no bed. Baptist at the time, no bed. Rutherford, no bed. Skyline, no bed. I just kept going north, and I was like, okay, that didn't work. Let's go south. Marshall, no bed. Giles, no bed. Bedford, no bed. Lincoln, no bed. I had to go in and tell this family they had to take their loved one to be admitted at the hospital they drove past. Mm. Um, that did not go well. No, I'm, for I'm, sure, yeah, I'm sure that was not a fun conversation. Um but that's what, what we're looking is, at right now. You know, what has happened to all these large temporary, I know they were temporary facilities that were built last summer for the, the, that, the, for the summer surge that, you know, they were using civic centers. Yeah. They were using, they, they had, uh, some places had tent cities and stuff yeah, set I think up nationwide, to where they had, they're still there, but I don't think we uh, ever had any uh, here. Well, we, I know we had the Nashville's. The Nashville Civic Center was was, being, used was, was, was be, well. It was being prepared, right? And the 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 spike kind of waned before they really got it into place. But why why are they not using or why are they not you know getting those geared back up to be able to take these patients and allow these um, ER beds and, and these uh, ICU beds to be used? otherwise well uh for one the er is always going to be your bottleneck because we don't know what's walking through the right, door right right i know? understand that but, it, uh, but, at but least they could be transferred them, yeah right. once they get and then, and then you got to look at all right so here are a bunch of covid patients you're putting in an open air facility 
I see. Well, so but they not all, all have COVID, you well, know. So not all of them. I, I guess this is the Civic Center is not an open air facility, is it? I think it's just it's a, it's a solid. I, I, mean, I think a, it's. Uh, I think you'd have a bed and maybe a. Okay, maybe maybe I'm misunderstanding. Maybe I'm misunderstanding them, but, your term yeah. of open air. Is, yeah, open is, air. I mean, like there's no rooms, right? There's no right. hospital rooms. Okay, it's you know, no, okay, tents. It'd be dividers. Yeah, yeah. it'd be dividers. So you'd have dividers, but again, everybody would have COVID. So I mean, there's that. I was going to say that's, that's I mean, what the whole purpose was right. for, for the for that one disease. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know why know. they haven't implemented, especially now that we're running out of right. beds. Which we you were know, afraid of last time. That was the whole point of flattening the curve and, right. and, and all that stuff was so the medical facilities could handle the surge of, well, we're there again. Right. And, and about we, to be we had these, And we had all these solutions. We had all these buildings set up. Where are they now? Why aren't they setting them up now? Um, I got no answer for that. I know that I talked to a doc at the hospital, and he told me that he had just accepted a patient from Arkansas. And mm-hmm. turns out they were coming from all kinds of states, you know, even as far mm-hmm. out as as places that required actual aircraft and not helicopters to bring mm-hmm. them, because that everybody was full, everybody was yeah. full, uh, and that that's where we are now. And you know, we can't use up, um, we can't use up our ICU and yeah. CC resources because people still have heart attacks. People still have well, strokes. That, that, that's the, I guess that's the point. That it's I'm, not like anybody put I'm, it on pause, you know? I'm trying to figure out, we, we were ready, or I thought at least, we were ready for it facility-wise last summer. Okay. You know, even if, yes, we shut those down, they need to be restarted. Well, golly, folks, it's been a month now. You know, how long does it take? I, I, mean, I know well, we put those things together in a month to two right. months. Well, and here, here's, and, here's uh, part of it is people are exhausted. They are. They're exhausted. Yeah. And, you know, um, for example, the health department only tests. I've raised so much cane about this. Only testing two hours a day, four days a week by appointment only. Well, they had a strike team to help them last time. Now that strike team, I think, is dissolved. You know, it was nurses that came and boom to Again, help. Right? Why are we not mobilizing the, well, the, I can, the, I, the I, things we had before? We had I, the drive-in I, testing sites. Mm-hmm. We had the National Guard mobilized. We had all these things. And, well, and, and all, from what I'm hearing, now we're in worse shape than we, we were last summer. Yet we had all that stuff mobilized last summer. Okay, yes, it may take us a week. It may take us a little while. The National but, Guard's been pulled to the hospitals. So they're not available as much. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think people are just, and it's, it's, this is not an excuse for it, but I think people are just exhausted. And that, that whole, let's go, let's go team, let's go team. It, it'd be like playing a team, you know, was going to kick your tail. And it's like trying to get those guys motivated. All right, it's third and long. We can do it. We can do it. No, we can't do it because he's going to intercept the ball again. You know, it, it's kind of like, Healthcare providers, a lot of people just have gotten fatigued mentally okay, and emotionally let's, let's, and physically. They just exhausted. Let, let, okay, to, to stay with your analogy there, though, one of the first things we tell we we tell our players as coaches in the fourth quarter when everybody's exhausted right. and tired, don't forget your training. Don't right. forget what we practiced. Go back to that. Okay, we geared up to be overwhelmed last summer yep. and we're ready for it, you know, and, and for what I could tell, yes, it was, it was tough. It, it was, was not it was this a, bad. We did yeah, not hit and, 80. And, yeah. and, and, but we were over geared up from what I could tell. Mm-hmm. And now we're trying to handle a bigger caseload with fewer 
yeah. with fewer uh, options. Well, and, I mean, and that's, here, and that, that's, that's not making sense to me. Well, I, I can why tell we're, you why we're not doing it. The Department of Health is just completely incompetent, to be honest, and that's from top down. This is their Super Bowl. And even though you have people out there who really want to do the right thing, I mean, they aren't the deciders. You have so many layers of bureaucracy. You know, like, for instance, so you have our local health department, right? So you have nurses that work out there who I know personally who are wonderful nurses who want to help people. They do. They want to help people. And then you have somebody over it that they have to report to. And mm-hmm. then you have a regional office, and they that person has to report to somebody there. And then you have another hoop to jump through. Uh, I emailed this Miss Haley 10 days ago. Still no answer. Still no answer. And then you've got the state, and then you've got the commissioner. And it's like all these levels. And thank God for Scott Zapicki because Scott just goes in with like a machete. He starts cutting mm-hmm. through all this red tape to get help when we need it. And, you know, I just, this is the public health Super Bowl, right? Like, this is well, where the health departments ought to be shining. I'm, you know, and the part that's frustrating me, we've dealt with this before right. last year. Well, okay. I mean, uh, yes, and now we've got a better, we, we've even got a better option, of course, the vaccination, <laughs> which we're trying to stress to everybody. But the vaccination isn't doing the whole job now, so let's fall back to our previous to our game plan right. that we had that was working well and think and, about it and, we're we're vaccinating people more than we're testing yeah. people which is crazy we need to do both yeah. it isn't pie it isn't like there's one pie and you if you cut it too much there's none left it isn't pie you can yeah. vaccinate and you can test you can do both surprise you can do both and testing identifies sick people so they don't die you know, and what what's beyond me is the Department of Health endorses the monoclonal antibodies, yeah. but they won't order them. It's a one-page paper with three boxes and a, a signature. They won't order them. <gasps> All right, so look, <laughs> I want to address this Dr. Dan Stock. If you'll pull up that YouTube. So Dr. Dan Stock gained a little bit of fame by going before the school board at Mount Vernon and talking about covid and so I want to talk about uh, Dr. Stock. Number one, he is a functional medicine family uh, physician. I will say this. There are a lot of good functional medicine physicians out there. I have a dear friend, Pam Hughes, who is a functional medicine physician, essentially. She's very good. She has saved a lot of people from long haulers. She's reversed some of their heart stuff. She's reversed some of their fatigue, their brain fog. Pam is a rock star. She's also a military vet, and she is amazing. However... Some of these functional family physicians are a little kooky. And so let's play Dr. Stock, and then I'll tell you when to stop so I can address some of the misinformation he put out there. And this video, by the way, has been shared and shared and shared and shared and shared. And this is a perfect example. When you hear Delk say, get off the Facebook, you should also get off the YouTube because this is full of misinformation. There's about three things he says that's accurate, but this is spread like wildfire. So let's address this. Let's go ahead and hear Dr. Stock. I think this sounds off down there at the bottom. See that speaker? Nope, no, nope, nope. Over there on the video. So see that speaker? Yeah. There we go. Gene inflammation regulation. All right, let's take him back there. 
looks like a doctor's signature to me. <laughs> well, that's why Just I saying. can't read it. Oh. Guilty as charged. Um, <coughs> Dr. Dan Stock, uh, 5777 West 700 North, McCordsville, Indiana. Um, to, to address your comment, gee, it's hard to believe we're 18 months into this and still having a problem. And I would suggest the reason we still have a problem is because we're doing things that are not useful and we're getting our sources of information from the Indiana State Board of Health and the CDC who actually don't bother to read science before they do this. Um, I'm actually a functional family medicine physician. That means I am specially trained in immunology and inflammation regulation. And everything being recommended. All right. So, number one, he is not. He is not specially trained in immunology. If he was an immunology specialist, he would be a virologist or he'd be an epidemiologist. If you look at this guy's background, he is not specially trained in Im- Im- immunology. He's just simply not. You can you can go on the Indiana Board of uh, Medicine and look at his license and his training. He is not specially trained in that. Now, he may have taken some CME, but I'm taking CME over medical cannabis, and I can promise you I'm not specially trained in medical cannabis. All right, let's keep going by the CDC and the State Board of Health is actually contrary to all the rules of science. So things you should know about coronavirus and all other respiratory viruses, they are spread by aerosol particles, which are small enough to go through every mask. By the way, the literature that supports all of that is in a flash drive that we presented to you. It's been given to the secretary. All right, let's stop him there. Number one, wrong. Goes through all masks. He says all masks, right? I've been wearing N95 since this began, a P100 sometimes when we got low on N95s. Guess who hasn't gotten COVID? Me. Guess who hasn't gotten COVID? My staff. The ones who did get it got it from their families or got it from their community from going out without a mask. So, and, and this flash drive, this magical flash drive he keeps talking about on his webpage at Pure Health Functional Family Medicine, he has a whole COVID section with dedicated research to it. Well, um, his um, study that he leaned so heavily on uh, to say N95s don't work. It's entitled uh, N95 Respirators versus Surgical Masks for Preventing Influenza Among Healthcare Personnel. Number one, it was published September 3rd, 2019. COVID wasn't here yet. Number one. Number two, he's talking about influenza. He attempts to say that no mask is a good barrier because of this study. Well, what he leaves out is only 65% of the participants say that they always wore their mask. Well, you know what? If I don't always wear my mask, if I don't put it on the minute I step out of my car and take it off after I leave the door, guess what? Probably going to get COVID. It's like saying, hey, we don't want to have a baby, but we're only going to wear condoms three out of ten times. So because we had a baby, dang it, that means condoms aren't effective. Well, you didn't wear it right. And you didn't wear it all the time. He just quotes bad studies. And in fact, every article he has about masks on there that try to insinuate they don't work actually verifies that when worn properly and fitted properly, N95 masks work. None of my staff have gotten COVID from work because they have worn N95s. And go look at some of these studies. Pure Health Functional Family Medicine. Most of them do not have adequate sample sizes. You can't take a study for kids. There's one about masks in children. It's out of Germany. It talks about kids can't wear masks appropriately. I agree with that, actually. Kids can't wear masks appropriately. (laughs) Somebody with 57 children just asked me, what are condoms? I'll let you guess who that was. Um, So the Germany trial only had 45 kids enrolled in it, Mike. Now, come on. 
you're a teacher. You've read research. That's not an adequate sample size. No. 45 kids. No. And so what this study did is they measured the CO2 levels of air within the mask itself. All right. Think about this. Number one, they don't talk about how old these kids are. Uh, one of them was seven. But here's the thing before we go to break. They didn't distract the kids, so the kids weren't occupied. So they were sitting there with a mask on with adults staring at them. So you know what the kids did? They got nervous, and they started hyperventilating. You know what you do when you hyperventilate? You blow more CO2 out. So guess what? They go, oh, well, this mask made the amount of CO2 in the air go up. Well, no, duh. This guy is just remarkable in the things that he says. I always say there's a group of people who don't know what they don't know. Like, I will tell you, if you come in my office, I don't know anything about that. I'll get you somebody that does, if it's some weird thing. But this guy is so, like, authoritative on something he just is wrong about. We'll come back and hear more from Dr. Stock. Folks, if you're looking for a primary care provider for yourself or your children or your family members, Right Care Primary Care, located in the Kroger Shopping Center off James Campbell, is accepting new patients. We take all insurances, and our providers will sit down and listen to you and help get to the bottom of your health care needs. If you're tired of being rushed in and out of the office and being treated like a number, come see us at the Right Care Primary Care Clinic. Myself and Kelly Kelly will be glad to take care of you and get you back on track to getting the right care now. One-stop shopping. That's why so many people shop Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat of Columbia. As the number one volume CDJR dealer in Tennessee, we offer the largest selection of new Ram, Jeep, Dodge, and Chrysler vehicles. And when you have the largest selection of new, you have the largest selection of used, too. Combine that with state-of-the-art, fast, accurate service, and you've got Tennessee's number one volume dealer. Shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net. Middle Tennessee's Ram Truck and Jeep Headquarters. You can count on us. Based on combined retail and fleet sales, is awarded by Chrysler in the state of Tennessee in 2019. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 7 p.m. two nights a week, 931-388-8452. Beck Dental Care in Columbia, 1603 Rosewood Drive. I love this station. Absolutely love the station. Oh, yeah. You guys are the best, best, best. It is the best station. (laughs) 
You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. This is the Chandler Anderson Show, presented by Right Care. All right, guys, we're back. We're addressing this Dr. Dan Stock out of Indiana who went before the Mount Vernon um, school board and uh, did this <laughs> tomfoolery. Let's play some more. He's talking about his magical flash drive with all his important studies that have a total of 45 kids enrolled. You'll find that quantity doesn't seem to matter to Dr. Stock. Let's, let's hear some more from the brilliant Dr. Stock. As a matter of fact, it quotes at least three studies sponsored by the NIH to that exact fact, even though the CDC and the NIH have chosen to, avoid, to ignore the very science that they paid to have done. Um, that is why you keep struggling with this, is because you cannot make these viruses go away. The natural right. history of all no. the respiratory... So, all right, I'll agree with him on that. We are not going to make COVID-19 go away. What we are going to do is have it have less and less host until it becomes weak and it becomes one of the usual coronaviruses that we have multiple multiples of. Coronaviruses have been around for a long time. That's why you can go to the co-op, which apparently is equivalent to Rite Aid and Walgreens and CVS for a lot of people these days, and you can you can find coronavirus vaccine for your cows. It's been around a long time, and it makes cows sick. Usually it doesn't make us deathly sick. It makes us have a cold and we feel bad and then we get over it. Even if we don't get it completely eradicated, we also have a precedence, you know, for the last uh, scourge that was going to destroy mankind called AIDS, Mm -hmm. that we learned how it was transmitted. We learned how, what it did to you. And we learned, we developed protocols to handle you know the, the all the the risks, you know, the, the, risk, the, risk, yeah. the, the bloodborne pathogens, the biohazard. All those terms came up because of AIDS um, and, and stuff like that. And we learned how to live with it and move on with our normal lives. Well, and they're working on an oral resdemivir right now, which is like an like a Tamiflu would be for the flu for COVID. So yeah. he he is right about this. We're never going to make COVID go away. So let's continue to hear from him here. Tray viruses is that they circulate all year long, waiting for the immune system to get sick through the winter. So, pa- be- pause that for a second. Now, I want you to remember, he said circulating all year long, because they do. The flu's here in the summer. We have had positive flus in the summer, but we typically have them in the winter when people are indoors nationwide. People are indoors in the winter because it's cold, and they go inside to get warm. There's a little something that happens in the South, but I'll get to that here in a minute. So let's hear some more. Become deranged, as has happened recently with these vaccines, and then they cause symptomatic disease. Because they cannot be filtered out, and they have animal reservoirs, and this is a very important point, no one can make this virus go away. The CDC has managed to convince everybody right, that so we can pa- handle this. So you know what else has animal reservoirs? The flu. The flu. Remember the bird, bird flu? flu. <laughs> Say. Or the swine, swine flu. flu. Yeah, they, the flu has animal reservoirs too. So there's that. You know, I mean, so, you know, this is not new. We've had viruses with, uh, with animal reservoirs before. That's why we have the bird flu and the swine flu. So that's why we have Ebola and bats. I mean, that's, that's kind of how it works. So, um, 
we have animal reservoirs for both bacterial things and viral things and prion things. Macal disease is a perfect example. So uh, he he's right about uh, not making it go away, but he's wrong about this whole virus cause the vaccine causing this. Because you know what we had last summer before the vaccine? COVID in the summer. One of our big peaks was right after July 4th. So Dr. Uh, Stock, if you could take a look back at last year, before the vaccines, we had a spike during the summer. So you're just wrong about this. But go ahead. Let's hear some more. This like we did smallpox, where we could make a virus go away. Smallpox had no animal reservoirs. The only thing it learned to infect was humans. That's why we were able to make that virus go away. That will not happen with this any more than it will with influenza, the common cold, respiratory syncytial virus, adenoviral respiratory syndromes, or anything else that has animal reservoirs. And you don't have to stop it, but I agree with that. So the reason you can't do this is because you're trying to do something which has already been tried and can't be done. Equally important is that vaccination changes none of this, especially with this vaccine. And I would hope this board would start asking itself— Vaccines have changed it. You know how we know? Because 98% of the people in the hospital with COVID are unvaccinated. 100% of the people on the vent and the ICU at Vanderbilt right now are unvaccinated. So, yeah, vaccines work. And secondly, with this vaccine, singular, English is very important. You're an English teacher, Mike. Singular. There are four vaccines, right? There's... The Pfizer and Moderna, which are mRNA vaccines, so what they do is they put a little mRNA of the virus in the body with lipids, salt, and sugar. Lipids, you, anybody that's taken biology knows that our cells are surrounded by fat, lipid layer. You have to have lipids to slide into the cell. This whole crazy talk about, oh, my God, they've got it in lipids so it can go in your brain, and that's why you're having all these crazy brain effects. Yeah, that's wrong. Sorry, you're just wrong. Um, lipids are there to get it into the cell. So once it's in the cell, it allows the body to develop an immune response to that S antigen of the COVID virus. That's how mRNA vaccines, Moderna and Pfizer work. Now, you have Johnson & Johnson who uses an adenovirus, a 26, as a vector that lets the body make a SAR, make a uh, antibody to the SARS-S protein that's on that adenovirus. It's not competent enough to make uh, you sick, but it gives, it's just a different way of getting the mRNA into your cell. AstraZeneca, I don't even want to talk about it. It's too thrombogenic. It causes clots. It has fetal tissue as part of the debate. There's too many other options. The Johnson & Johnson's a candy bar aisle of vaccines because Moderna and Pfizer, you have to wait two, three, four weeks in between doses. Johnson & Johnson was one and done. And so, but it was only 76% effective with COVID original to prevent severe disease. Well, what they did, Johnson & Johnson is a company and they took advantage of people's impulse control. That's exactly what they did. They literally said, hey, we can be the candy bar aisle of vaccines. We'll give them one dose. It won't work real well, but they'll take it and they'll be happy because they only have to do it one time. So Novavax is one that's come out. They use pieces of the virus to actually develop immunity, which is not a new new idea there. And Novavax has shown some promise. Um, but there are four vaccines, really five once you count Novavax. But, uh, so the fact that he refers to it as a singular thing tells you how ill-informed he is. But let's continue. 
before it considers taking the advice of the CDC, the NIH, and the State Board of Health, why we are doing things about this that we didn't do for the common cold, influenza, or respiratory syncytial virus. Well, this is pause there ask real quick. So uh, the common cold doesn't kill people. That's why. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> Go ahead. Yourself. Why is a vaccine that is supposedly so effective having a breakout in the middle of the summer when respiratory viral syndromes don't do that? Go, and to go help ahead you understand and pause that. that, you need to know. That. Go ahead and pause that. So remember what we didn't have last summer when we had a breakout? The vaccine. So he's just wrong about it. This isn't from the vaccine. What he's attempting to talk about is antibody-dependent enhancement when it comes to viruses. So what ADE is, it's a situation where antibodies that are made uh, to the virus, instead of preventing them from getting in your cell, they actually make it easier for them to get in your cell. <laughs> it's it's the big whoops of vaccines, yeah. right? So we've had that twice, but both times it involved formaldehyde as a preservative, and they think that that may be why that this happened. It happened with a measles vaccine, and it happened with an RSV vaccine, where people who weren't even exposed ended up get exposed to the virus. And the control group ended up getting RSV and measles. And they said, you know what, we should probably stop this because we're making people get measles and RSV. So he's talking about antibody-dependent enhancement from this vaccine. If that were true, right? So if that were true, if the, if the vaccine was making you more likely to get it, then you would be sicker, number one, because instead of you having protection from it, you would be, it would be easier to get in your body. Does that make sense? So instead mm-hmm. of protecting your body, it would make you more likely to get sick. Guess who's not we in the it, hospital? We call those enablers. <laughs> enablers, <laughs> right. Guess who's not in the hospital? Vaccinated people for the most part. It's 98% unvaccinated. So he's just wrong about it. But go ahead. So the condition that is called antibody-mediated viral enhancement. That is a condition done when vaccines work wrong, as they did in every coronavirus study done in animals on coronaviruses after the SARS uh, outbreak and done in respiratory syncytial virus where a vaccine He's right about that a one, vulnerable RSV. individual done the wrong way, which why cannot be done right for a respiratory virus which has a very low pathogenicity rate, causes the immune system to actually fight the virus wrong and let the virus become worse than it would with native infection. So pause it there that, just briefly. If he was right about that, that you could not have a respiratory vaccine that you just couldn't do it, right? Then everybody get the flu. Flu vaccines wouldn't work. If he was right, Mm -hmm. he's just not right. So let's continue. That is why you are seeing an outbreak right now. In fact, in that flash drive you're going to have coming to you and in the emails with six extra, there will be a study showing that 75% of people who had COVID-19 positive symptom cases in Barnstable, Massachusetts outbreak were fully vaccinated. Yes, and let's pause that for a moment. So let's talk about Barnstable, Massachusetts. Here's what he forgot to mention about Barnstable, is that there were 469 cases out of the people there um, in a big event, and 346 of them, 73%, were vaccinated. You want to guess how many people out of that 346 ended up in the hospital that were vaccinated? Four. Four. Four out of 346. So, Mike, let's see. Let me do a little math here. I'm not a math whiz. I need Emma Holt to help me with this. So, four divided by 
346. Yeah, that's 1.1%. Roughly 1%. Yeah, so uh, I'm saying pretty good. You know, you got a 1% chance of being in the hospital. And and he talks about they got symptomatic. You know what their predominant symptoms were? Runny nose, sore throat, watery eyes, and headache. I think those are called allergies at times. Yeah, I mean, that that's the whole thing. <laughs> like, yeah, they got it. But they didn't get severe disease. That's the thing. Um, and what's remarkable is none of them died, even the unvaccinated. So, and that is from the Delta variant because they were vaccinated and they got it. He's missing the point that this vaccine was designed to prevent Corona Alpha, the original. So when Delta came along, yeah, it gives you some protection, but it doesn't prevent you from getting sick at all. You still get a little sick. It's kind of like the flu. You can get the flu shot and still get the flu as variants happen. I mean, as it passes person to person to person, it's why we have uh, resistant HIV. Is it As it passes person to person to person, it mutates. So, I mean, that's kind of part of how viruses work. So, all right, let's play a little more of his magical flash drive. Therefore, there is no reason for treating any person vaccinated any differently than any person unvaccinated. You should also know that no vaccine, even the ones I support and would give to myself and my children, ever stops infection. Right. He's right. It does never stop infection. It stops them from getting sick. So you could get the flu, but you know what? You never know it because you don't get sick. Now, I'm pretty sure vaccines stop tetanus because I haven't seen a case of tetany around here in a long while. If you ever see tetanus, it's almost 100% fatal. So there's that. Um, haven't seen a lot of measles around here. Haven't seen a lot of mumps. Haven't seen a lot of, seen, uh, I can't even talk. Haven't seen a lot of uh, uh, meningitis around here since we started doing that. Haven't seen a lot of hepatitis A around here. I think smallpox is kind of rare too, isn't it? Polio. Haven't seen a lot of <laughs> crippled kids. Just saying, boss. So uh, but he got a round of applause because he said it with such, you know, confidence. It's like if you say it with confidence, it, it makes it true. Let's see what else he says. In fourteen, there was outbreak of mumps in the National Hockey League. The only people who came down the symptoms were the people who were unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status. Boy, that sounds like a great argument for vaccines. But a question that you should ask yourself, knowing that half of the people who came down with symptomatic disease had no contact with an unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status individual, where did they get the disease? Ooh, ooh, me, me. I know where. I know where. They had an outbreak in Orange County, California, where some of the Anaheim Ducks players lived. And what we know about the mumps vaccine is, so when you go to college, what do you have to have? You have to have your what's drawn, your uh, titers drawn, titers, yeah. to see if you still have immunity. Well, these are grown hockey players. So guess what? Some of them didn't have immunity anymore. And so the problem with mumps that we worry about is sterilization. So these are grown men. So we didn't have boosters for the MMR until, I want to say, and somebody will say, oh, no, no, you had the wrong year. I want to say until like the late 90s, maybe. I mean, the thing is, it started because Corey Perry um, was diagnosed with mumps. Mumps gives you swelling in your in your parotid gland up under your jawline here. And then it just spread. But it spread because 
the symptoms of mumps are really, really vague. You cough, you sneeze, you get a little swelling under your jawline sometimes, your lymph nodes swell. But you know what? You're a professional athlete. I'm a big, tough hockey player, and I'm going to complain because my lymph nodes are swollen? Are you kidding me? So it spread because people didn't know what they had. And he says they were unvaccinated. That's just simply not true. As an adult, you don't expect to... Come down with the mumps, right? I mean, you know, that's right. that's a childhood disease. Exactly. And, and you just say, oh, it's so that's not, not even your re- that's right. not even your realm of thinking, right? And you just say, oh, I got a virus, and you move on. Yes, there was an outbreak in the NHL. It wasn't only in unvaccinated people. He's just wrong about that. And you know what? They squashed it pretty quickly. So we're gonna go to break and come back, and we're gonna t- hear some more from Doctor uh, <laughs> Doctor Stock. Folks, the Right Care Walk-In Clinic, located in front of Walmart, is open 11 to 11 every day of the week. If your kid gets sick when you get home from work and your child needs to be seen but your provider's office is closed, come see us. We see children, adults, geriatric folks. Folks, we've been open 10 years and we stay late, so you don't have to wait at the emergency room to get the care that you deserve. The Right Care. We're open 11 to 11 every day in front of Walmart, Columbia, Tennessee. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Roofing isn't something you think about until you need it. When you do, let Roof Systems, Inc. be your first call. Roof Systems, Inc. is locally owned and has been providing excellent service since 1983. From repairing roofs on small homes or installing new roofs for large commercial retailers, no job is too big or too small. Why choose Roof Systems, Inc.? Well, in our customers' words, best experience I've had with construction-related business. Honest, professional, friendly, and affordable. Call today, 931-398-5977. That's 931-398-5977. Don't let your pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Health's physical therapy team can aid in your recovery from surgery, injury, or illness. With seven locations, state-of-the-art equipment, certified therapists, and proven techniques, you'll have everything you need to recover quickly. And Murray Regional Physical Therapy has implemented enhanced measures to keep you safe while working to improve your quality of life. If you need physical therapy, let one of our experienced therapists be your partner in recovery. Learn more at therapy.murrayregional.com. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. I'm like Scotch and Sadako bands, I'm like Eastside Towns, Vans and I'm always speaking my mind when I'm better off by my tongue. You're listening to The Chandler Anderson Show. Contact the show via text at 931-446-7865. In a time full of war, be peace. 
time full of doubt just believe Yeah, there ain't that much difference between you and me In a time full of war will be peace All right, guys. Every week we do a Citizen of the Week, and we've uh, been out because of COVID for a little while, but I have a very special person I want to tell you about that directly impacts my life on a daily basis, and she has taught me so much about uh, psychiatric medicine. You know, when you go to nurse practitioner school, you get about a week of uh, mental health stuff, and they move on. I think rashes come right after it, and it's like, oh, God. Like, I don't understand any of this. So I have the privilege of working with a young lady, young lady named Elizabeth Vernon, um, and she is a psychiatric nurse practitioner. And I will tell you, she is the most genuine human being I believe I've ever met. She truly cares about our patients. She tries to make sure that they get the best outcome possible. Um, she understands that you know when they're inpatient, it's scary for them um, that they are in a an unusual place and a foreign place and that the last thing that they want is people in masks going in right now and and telling them what they're going to do because they're confused and they're scared but Liz has a tremendous way of empathizing with those folks and their families and I will tell you I am a better person for having had been afforded the opportunity to work with Liz Vernon um, she does tremendous work she is one of the best people I know and one of the most knowledgeable. She was uh, a family nurse practitioner first and then became a psychiatric nurse practitioner. My patients have directly benefited at the office from her sharing her knowledge with me. And I just want to give a shout out and make our person of the week, Liz Vernon. Um, If you know Liz, you love her because she is doing what she does for the right reasons. She doesn't do it for the money. She's up at 2 a.m. giving orders to get people taken care of. So the other day, somebody had me on a group text where they're asking for orders at 2 a.m., and I thought, how did I get roped into this? I've never been held hostage, but I have been in a group text, you know? But um, people like Liz make people like me who are fighting this COVID thing want to get out of bed in the morning because she is the good that is in the world. And I hope that everybody in their career, if you're a medical person, gets to meet Liz, um, someone, get you get to meet your own Liz Vernon, uh, somebody that makes you feel good about taking care of people and somebody that does it for the right reason. She says all the time, it's our job to help this community. It's our job to help people who are going through a tough time because mental illness has a stigma to it and it's hard for people to admit they need help. And she does a phenomenal job. And if we had more Liz Vernons in the world, the world would be a better place. Having said that, I'll tell you a funny story. So when I first started, I thought I knew Liz's name. So this this person was being really ugly to her. And I was like, let me tell you something, sir. You don't talk to Keita like that. Because Keita's a good person. Keita's just here to help you. So we're not going to talk to Keita like that. And she goes, my name is Liz. I was like, Oh, <laughs> all right, sir. You have a good day. <laughs> I don't have the room. Don't talk to Liz like that, talk to Liz like that that's either. Right, that's right. And by the way, if you see a Liz, you don't talk to her like that either. <laughs> all right. Let's get back to me. But seriously, y'all, Liz is a tremendous human being, and she makes me laugh so hard, and she puts up with my foolishness and my rants and all this other, you know, she is like the sister 
that everybody would want. She is just amazing. And she eats at Uncle Bud's every Tuesday. And that just makes me love her even more. <laughs> so let's let's go back and hear some more from Dr. Stock, the virologist. Vaccinated individuals. No vaccine prevents you from getting infection. You True. get infected, you shed pathogen. Yep. This is especially true of viral respiratory pathogens. Indeed. You just don't get symptomatic from it. So you cannot stop pause the spread. It, pause you, it, pause it. You don't get symptomatic from it. No way. You know what happens if you don't get symptomatic? You don't die. You don't get you on the don't ventilator. Even, you don't even know it. You don't even know you have it. So I agree with him on that. Let's keep going. You cannot make these numbers that you've planned on get better by doing any of the things you're doing because that is the nature of viral respiratory pathogens. And you can't prevent it with a vaccine because they don't do the very thing you're wanting them to do. And you will be chasing this the remainder of your life until you recognize that the Center for Disease Control and the Indiana State Board of Health are giving you very bad scientific guidance. And instead, read the articles that are going to come on the email and are on this flash drive and listen to the people in this audience here tonight who actually have recognized the advice they are getting from the CDC and the NIH is counterfactual. And that's why you're still fighting this with this vaccine that supposedly was going to make all of this go away, but has suddenly managed to make an outbreak of COVID-19 develop in the middle of the summer when vitamin D levels are at their highest. By the oh, way, oh, the other thing... Pause, pause, pause. All right, so, so, hold up, Danny. <sighs> so much there. All right, so number one, nobody ever said the vaccine was going to make it go away. Don't remember ever seeing that. Don't remember ever seeing anybody say the vaccine was going to make it go away. The vaccine has made you have less symptoms which is exactly what he said the sentence before that. Also, he keeps he keeps on and on and on and on and on about the summer, right? So there's a reason those of us in the South have these high numbers. Number one, we're the least vaccinated. That's just the truth. We're the least vaccinated down here in the South. Uh, we'll eat uh, chitlins, which are, you know, intestines of a pig, but we won't get a vaccine because you ain't going to tell me what to put in my body. You know, we'll we'll go out and smoke a pack of Marlboro Reds and follow it with some Jack Daniels, but nope, you're not going to tell me what to put in my body. I mean, it's always amazing. I saw I saw a video and it hit home because it was like, look, some of y'all have forgotten that I went to high school with y'all, and I watched you drink PGA and apple juice out of a bathtub, and you're worried about what you're putting in your body with a vaccine, and I knew your first wife. <laughs> so there's that. But, you know... What happens in the South? It gets hot. So where, where do we go? The same place we go in the winter, inside. We go inside because it's hot. And we run an air conditioner right. that circulates, circulates the, air. the air. I mean, come on, people. That's, that's why. I mean, we thought because viruses generally are killed during the summer, right? We thought that this would go away in the summer. It didn't last year, and we didn't have vaccines last year. So he's wrong about vaccines making this worse. He's just simply wrong. So let's let's hear some more from him. He's about to tell you a great line, but too bad he's not letting facts get in the way of a good story. I think that would be necessary any vaccine restriction to be considered as if there were no other treatment available. And I can tell you, having treated over 15 COVID-19 patients, that between active loading with vitamin D, ivermectin, and zinc, that there is not a single person who has come anywhere near the hospital. And we already have studies that show that if you achieve a 25-hydroxy vitamin D level greater than 55, your risk of COVID-19 death will drop down to one quarter of the population. Yeah, let's pause there. Let's take a time out there. (laughs) 
Greater than 55 is where he wants your vitamin D, right? I've been treating vitamin D for 15 years. I have never had a patient with that's not on supplementation that didn't have an abnormal vitamin D. Never. You know why? Because we're all inside. We got inside jobs. So, and we all thought vitamin D would help. But there's this here study, uh, unlike Mr. Uh, Stock, who quotes studies that have only 45 people uh, enrolled, uh, this study from the uh, JAMA Network, the Journal of the American Medical Association, entitled Assessment of the Association of Vitamin D Level with SARS-CoV-2 Seropositivity, meaning association of your vitamin D level with your chance of getting SARS, being positive, among working-age adults. Uh, Mike, could you tell me that number right there? What is that number highlighted? 18,148. I would say that's a pretty good sample size. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So what they found, and this was published not in uh, 2019 like his was. This was published May 19th of this year. Uh, The conclusions in this study, or the conclusion was that um, vitamin D did not protect you from getting COVID. And... Also, he talks about a level being above 55. Above 55, you are linked to potential adverse effects, particularly at greater than 60. He wants you to be above 55. You know what the next level is? 60. So you know what happens when your vitamin D gets really high? We don't sit a lot because, again, everybody has low vitamin D. I mean, I I prescribe 50,000 units Q week uh, for people all the time because their vitamin D levels low. So here's what happens when you get vitamin D in big doses really quickly. Um, your vitamin D level goes up, but you know what starts to happen? Your calcium starts to leach out into your bloodstream. And when you get hypercalcemia, hypercalcemia can make you develop arrhythmias. It can make you go out of rhythm. It can make you die. It can make you have kidney stones, which is the closest I've ever come to wanting to die. Uh, I was working at Skyline once, and Skyline, for those of you that don't know, is right off Dickerson Road. So my suspicion of being stabbed uh, was really high. (laughs) Like, I just assumed one day I would be uh, stabbed at work, and that would be the way it is. that's still better than dying from Plavix and getting hit by an old person. <laughs> you know, I always worry. I want my story to be glamorous, you know. But um, I was in trauma one. I'll never forget it. And I had my back, and I was cleaning the bed. And all of a sudden, something just hit me in the right side. And I thought, oh, my God, they have stabbed me. They've gotten me. So I just laid on the bed, and I thought, I'm going to bleed out right here. Let me be as dramatic as I can. And so, no, it was a kidney stone. And my friend Jeff Gifford, here's the problem with working with your friends. Jeff wanted me out of pain. Because I was hurting really bad. Like, I was crying hurting. And I'm a big dude. I mm-hmm. tend not to cry. I get to cry, and you probably should watch out. So I'm either remembering my daddy or I'm really angry. <laughs> so uh, Jeff comes running in there with two milligrams of dilaudid and gives it like a denison. The nurses that are listening will know what that means. A denison you give fast because it has a six-second half-life. So I woke up being bagged by the ER doctor because <laughs> I stopped breathing. And so uh, Jeff said, man, I'm real sorry about that. I said, yeah, yeah, I mean, my pain's gone. I think that's what happens when you die. (laughs) So, you know, it is what it is. But um, 
Yeah, kidney stones, man. It's no yeah. joke. So if you get hypercalcemia because you're cranking up this vitamin D too quickly, you can have adverse things happen. So his goal of being above 55, it would be interesting to talk to this guy and say, how many of those people actually got above 55? Let me ask you this, and I hope I'm not stealing your thunder for no, something no, no. later. He based this off of his treatment. Oh, yeah. You're going to uh, find out that whole, he's an the whole, expert. You're going to find out 15, he's an expert. Yep. The whole 15 people that he's treated. Yeah, we're going to hear about his sample group because <laughs> clearly he missed that part of the statistics <laughs> class about sample size. There's a formula that tells you what uh, sample size you need to be able to have a reliable P uh factor mm-hmm. to know if it's a reliable study or if this is a variant and i'm trying to remember the formula and off the top of my head i can't but it basically tells you um the sample size you need for an adequate study and as i've gotten older formulas have left my head um but there's a way to determine that uh, and he obviously missed that part of it but let's go back to his vitamin d uh, cure for the united states and there are active treatment trials included on that flash drive that show the same is true. Magic so if you're going to discriminate based upon vaccine, you should also discriminate based upon 25-hydroxyvitamin D level, zinc taste test response, and probably previous infections, since there are also studies on that flash drive that show that people who have recovered from COVID-19 infection actually get no benefit from vaccination at all, no reduction in symptoms, no reduction in hospitalization, and suffer two to four times the rate of side effects if they are subsequently vaccinated. Yeah, so pause that. So, uh, hey, Dan. So the problem with that is, you're right, if they get vaccinated too soon after they get COVID, they can have a lot of side effects. That happened to Robert, my friend that works Mm -hmm. for me. Um, And you can't get COVID twice. That's the problem with this, is data evolves. I had a dear friend of mine send out an email that had a study from Emory University, which is one of the greatest hospitals uh, and universities that you could have. I think it's they have a university in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, they sent out that you can't – essentially you can't get COVID twice within the same calendar year. That very week I had two people that got COVID twice. <laughs> they had a PCR positive last year, and then they had a PCR positive this year. So, I mean, this stuff changes. And what we have to do as healthcare providers to not lose the trust of the public is to say, we don't know. And that's where Fauci has gone wrong, among other things. He has gone wrong because he won't say, we don't know. We don't know about this. We don't know if masks work. We don't know if cloth masks work specifically. We know N95s work, but we don't know whether this works or not. And saying I don't know takes a lot of courage. It really does. My children are listening. I'm going to get a lecture when I get home because we're not allowed to say I don't know in the house. But that's a different thing with kids. Well, but there's also a, the, the second half of that response is we're I don't find know. Out. Yeah, right. I don't know, but I will find out. That's right. Let's hear just a little bit more from him. For the policies that you are basing on are totally counterfactual. I don't blame this board for that because I know you aren't scientists and you've thought it was reasonable to listen to the CDC, NIH, and the Indiana State Board of Health. But I would encourage that instead you listen to the people out here in this audience and read what's on that data drive. And if anybody here in this board has any questions about anything on that, I will happily come back and sit with you individually if you would like to explain the science behind this. And if you're worried about being sued by somebody because you don't follow the guidance of the CDC and the NIH, I will tell you have a free pro bono expert. Pause it, pause it. All right, so I hope Dylan's listening. All right, so here's the here's the go home pitch, right? He is going to be a free expert witness. You heard him say it, right? 
You're going to have a free expert witness. Hit play, Mike. Testimony at your disposal. I will testify in defense of this board, turning down all these recommendations for free at any time in any court. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wait. Wait. We, we missed the part. We missed the good part. Pause it. We missed the part where he said he'd only treated 15 patients. Did you? No, we said it because I brought it up. Oh, you brought it up when he said it. Okay. Yeah, I brought well, it up right after he said it. Okay. So if Delk's listening, if he is, expert witness who has treated 15 patients. Come on, man. Really? He's treated 15 patients, so he's an expert? Get out of here, dude. We're at like 1775 or something right now. Like, get out of here. 15 patients and you're speaking with that confidence? 15 patients. Now, keep in mind, over a year and a half, we're going to come back. And because I'm, quote, just an NP, we're going to get a doctor's take on Dan and what he has to say. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Three, two, one. Folks, the Right Care Walk-In Clinic, located in front of Walmart, is open 11 to 11 every day of the week. If your kid gets sick when you get home from work and your child needs to be seen but your provider's office is closed, come see us. We see children, adults, geriatric folks. Folks, we've been open 10 years and we stay late so you don't have to wait at the emergency room to get the care that you deserve, the right care. We're open 11 to 11 every day in front of Walmart, Columbia, Tennessee. Parks Motor Sales in Columbia has a large assortment of quality, new, and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, a trusted sales staff, and financing plans that fit any budget. Visit Parks once, and you'll quickly discover why people all over Middle Tennessee have been buying vehicles there for more than 60 years. And factory-certified technicians can service and repair your vehicle as long as you own it. Go to ParksMotorSales.com or stop by the lot at 919 Nashville Highway and take a test drive today. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the Garbage Man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. Do you know Tillis Jewelry creates custom, one-of-a-kind pieces that are available in our store now? Hello, this is Rick Tillis, and that's right. We are known for our custom designs. We create jewelry using old mine-cut or European-cut diamonds to rare-colored gemstones. We create these custom pieces for each season. I'm sure you can find something for yourself or a loved one. Stop by our showroom and try on a Tillis Jewelry custom piece today. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to view our designs and much more. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 7 p.m. two nights a week, 931-388-8452. Beck Dental Care in Columbia, 1603 Rosewood Drive. We started listening to your station and everybody likes it. It's awesome. Yes, it's awesome. We absolutely love it. Here we go. You're listening to The Chandler Anderson Show. Contact the show via text at 931-446-7865. All right, guys. So you may be asking yourself, where did you get this guy at? Okay, I didn't. People have sent me this video probably 500 times. And people who are like anti-monoclonals and things like that, they listen to this guy, and because he speaks with such, you know, confidence, they think that he's correct. And so, that I mean, that's the thing. Mike, you were making this analogy about umpiring. You call him ball and strike, and you do it with confidence, whether you're confident inside or not. So, um, I, and just a little bit about this guy's practice. Y'all go check this out. So, I'm missing the boat here. So, for... $1,800 a year membership, you can pay $90 an hour to see him. Let that sink in. Or you can pay 1200 a year and get him for 120 an hour. Or you can pay 450 a year and get him for 225 an hour. Or you can pay $300 an hour and not have a membership. Now, listen, concierge medicine is not bad. I will tell you, one of the best doctors in this area, Cummins Couch, did that. And he did a great job. It was VIP medicine, and his patients got great care. And he had more than 15 patients. Dr. Couch is tremendous. But this this stock guy, it, when you go on somebody's website and they're selling supplements, it kind of gets kind of Alex Jones-ish. You know, you start wondering, like, why is this guy selling turmeric on his website? You know, it's kind of kind of makes you wonder. Now, you want to diversify your practice, and you want to have different income streams, but come on, man. Really? Really? So, all right. Now, Dr. Zubadaniah, Z-Dog MD, as he's known on social media, he's an ER doctor that started a movement called Health 2.0, and I'm a big fan of Z-Dog. Um, I don't always agree with the things that he says, but... He tried to redo the way we do medicine and be proactive. 
So Z-Dog got sent this video. Now, a lot of people out there are saying, well, you're just a nurse practitioner, and what do you know, and all this other. So I always try to back my stuff up with physicians, because I get it, right? I mean, I can assure you that I'm not a nurse practitioner because I couldn't be a doctor. We could get B.I. Natty on the phone, and he could talk about organic chem, and we could get Brian Long on there. Careful, careful. Just a nurse. Oh, I know. Fighting words in my family. Oh, I know. You should, man. That's what. That's the first thing people come at me with. You're just an NP, right? And it's because I chose to have a family and not spend eight years in medical school and residency. I chose to have I, a family. I've got a, I've got a daughter that will fight you tooth yeah. and nail about just a nurse. And you know what? I think Jabron Addy'd be glad to tell you. Sometimes doctors call me, and I call them. It's it's a team. There's no there's no. Uh, urination match i mean it's just not in the medical world anymore nurse practitioners have earned a place and they um i think nurse practitioners provide some of the best care out there so and we um we repeatedly have better outcomes than a lot of other providers so let's listen to dr z dog and hear his take on uh, dr stock's speech there I'm making a video I just don't even want to make, but so many people have sent me this video about this Mount Vernon school board meeting and a doctor who goes up there and bravely tells them what's true about vaccines and CDC and starting school and all that. All right, let's just go through some of the claims and who this guy is quickly so that we can be done with this and no one needs to send me this video again. All right. (laughs) This guy, Dr. Dan Stock, he's a family medicine doc, Indianapolis or Indiana somewhere, runs a concierge slash direct primary care practice, which I think is awesome lifestyle medicine, which is can be really awesome, but also is a space full of kind of weird, unproven stuff and quackery, but it can also be awesome, right? So this is kind of where this guy's coming from. Goes to the school board meeting and basically tells them what's up. And let's just go through his claims and look at each one. All right. So viral particles, these viral particles for the SARS-CoV-2 are so small, they go through all masks. Well, that's just simply not quite right because there is a mask called an N95 that does block the vast majority of viral particles. So that the I guess he's talking about masks and kids. I'm also quite ambivalent about masks and kids, so I get it, but let's not If you live in a qualified zip code, you We've may be a, eligible to receive USA made solar panels for no Sorry, cost Mike. at install. There we go. Start with like a blatant untruth that the particles go through the masks. All right. The masks probably lower overall viral inoculum. They probably prevent a kid from blowing snot on another kid. But we don't really know how they work in kids because kids are weird, right? They When the thing gets soaked with mucus all day, it's full of boogers. We don't know how effective it is in practice. And the data has not been that compelling to me. But whatever, it's probably not a high-risk intervention unless you worry about language development and socialization and things like that. And also just stigmatizing do. children and making them feel like they're a pestilence. Um, but okay, fine. That's his first claim. The second one is no one can make this virus go away because it has animal reservoirs. It's a respiratory virus. It's not so pathogenic that it kills its host right away. I agree with that. You are going to be living with SARS-CoV-2 forever. Anybody who thinks we can eradicate this virus, Brett Weinstein, who says we can drive it to extinction, you can't. You can't. It's going to be with us forever, but it's going to evolve into a less pathogenic form, meaning probably like a common cold, which is also a lot of coronaviruses, right? So this is probably the natural course of it. You're not going to stamp it out. And anybody who thinks you can is not right. So I agree with him there. So then he says vaccination changes none of this. Basically, and he says, and he's, it's clear that he's against 
coronavirus vaccination. And this is where I really take issue. Although I, I will say pause it so, just for a second. And there's a lot of someone did ask him if he got vaccinated and he said, that's my personal medical information. So what does that tell you? All righty. I take the fifth. Right. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Misinformation here. So he says, why are we having a breakout uh, outbreak of coronavirus in the middle of the summer when it's a respiratory virus? It shouldn't be doing that. And then he says, it's because of the vaccinations. Let's unpack all of this. He is citing something called antibody-mediated enhancement or antibody-dependent viral enhancement, which I've done shows on. What it means is, and we've seen it with attempts at an RSV, respiratory syncytial virus vaccine back in the day, where what you do is you end up making antibodies that are triggered by the vaccine to parts of the virus that don't neutralize the virus, but instead cause the immune system to take up the virus into its own cells, kind of like a Trojan horse thing without destroying or inactivating the virus. And that actually makes the infection worse, hence the antibody dependent enhancement of infection. And we've seen it with RSV. Now he goes on to say, well, you know, with the SARS-CoV-2 and animal trials, that's what we saw. It's like, nope, no, we didn't. Next, the point with antibody dependent enhancement is that vaccinated people would then get more sick than unvaccinated people. They would have enhanced disease. Well, what we see in this outbreak in the summer is the opposite. It is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So unvaccinated people are the ones filling up hospitals, right? Vaccinated a very tiny proportion of that. And he says, well, this is not, shouldn't be happening in the summer, except it did last summer too, particularly in the warmer Southern states and Southwestern states where the summer is like the winter in that you go indoors because of air conditioning, because it's so hot outside. And that promotes the spread of the virus. So it happened last year before vaccinations. So that whole argument is nonsense. There's no evidence of antibody dependent enhancement with our current vaccines. In fact, the opposite. There is less disease, less severe disease, less symptomatic disease, and actually probably less infection as well, which we should talk about. So this is just complete nonsense. Then he says, vaccines never prevent infection ever, which is a pretty strong phrase, uh, but you don't get symptomatic. So you may not get symptomatic. So they'll prevent severe disease. Yeah, that's what you want. So I agree with him there. Yeah. Oh, you, you want to prevent symptomatic and severe disease, except with these vaccines, it's clear that you actually have about, a, at least in Santa Clara data, about a fourfold reduction in test positivity. So it seems to actually prevent infection. Okay. So that, that's a big deal, um, especially when he's saying the opposite. Uh, and then he says, you're going to be chasing uh, yourself, your tail, if you expect your infection positivity testing to be zero in schools. I agree. Don't even test them. That's right. <laughs> That's what I think. These kids are generally low risk, generally, not always, but generally low risk. Why would you be testing them every week or whatever certain policy, crazy policies are? And then mandating vaccinations for kids, assuming they could even be vaccinated. If they're 12 and below, they can't be yet. Um also seems unnecessary to me. So in that sense, I agree with him, absolutely. And I like the fact that he stands up in front of the board and he's like, I will testify for you. I mean, I like his passion. I like this guy's passion. He's just wrong about some things here. So this is where it gets, the twist happens. Okay, so he says, why would we even want to vaccinate when we have treatments for SARS-CoV-2? This is where it gets ugly. Ivermectin, vitamin D, zinc, okay. 
Then he goes on to say, I've treated 15, one five patients. And guess what? None of them got hospitalized because I did this stuff for them. Come on, dude. Come on, really? That's your trial? An uncontrolled trial of 15 people, all of whom were probably gonna get better anyways, who you gave placebo to? Come on, dude. So ivermectin trials are still ongoing. I've done videos on this. Um, We're waiting on randomized trials on ivermectin. I'm not holding my breath for reasons I've mentioned with uh, Dr. Prasad on the show. So already he's got a bias um, against the vaccines, right? With all this misinformation he's already spread. And then he says, um, people with prior infection get no benefit from vaccines. All right, so this is a gray area. I agree. If you've been infected before, you're probably immune against severe disease, right? But there is data that says that if you get another dose, your neutralizing antibodies are higher, and that may be correlated with protection against infection and severe disease. So it's still a little gray area. Doesn't mean you should go run out and get vaccinated if you've already had the disease. I agree with him on that. But I don't think we can speak in absolutes about this. Um, And then he goes on to say the school policies and CDC is totally counterfactual. Don't listen to them. If you get sued, I'll be your expert witness, et cetera. All right. So here's how we can think about all everything he said. He's wrong about the vaccines. He's right that we should question school's policies if it comes to preventing our children from being in person, in class for school that we are paying for with a teacher class that should be protected with vaccines and masks. And let the kids go back to school. I agree with him on that. He's absolutely right. Right? And I admire the fact that he would stand up and do that. But everything he's saying about vaccines is wrong. The other stuff he talks about, the viral dynamics, is just crazy talk. But that's my take on it. All right? So you guys wanted to know, please don't send me this video again. Please don't ask me to comment on it. And, and please don't go watching school board videos that aren't in your own district because it just doesn't matter crazy all right guys i love you we out share the video whatever i don't care yeah so all right i'm not a doctor he is and i think we're pretty much along the same lines here so but let's talk about schools right because that's a hot button topic right now i mean school boards meeting right now um god bless them those meetings last forever uh so a couple things um here's my take on what we should do with schools and um Dr. Natty and Dr. Cheney, we delivered a letter today to Director Hickman. Here, here's what I believe and they be, seem to believe, and um, I think most reasonable people that aren't trying to make this political probably believe. Parents, and Delka said this over and over, and he's right, parents are the only people that are best suited to make the right decision for their kids. Nobody knows your kids better than you, and you know what's the right decision for them. You should be able to decide whether or not you feel safe sending your child to school in the midst of this spike. The only way you can make a good decision is to be given good information. And so what the school system has to do, and I know there's some tricky things with FERPA. There is no HIPAA with the school system. Let me go on and get that out there. HIPAA applies to healthcare organizations and their business associates. Schools are not one of those. Neither are restaurants. Neither are clothing stores. 
if they ask about vaccination at a clothing store, it's not HIPAA because they're not a hospital or clinic or somebody that's a healthcare provider, and they don't have your protected health information. So there's that. Let's get that out of the way. Um, the schools can say, look, at Randolph Howe, blah, 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 we have X amount of cases in the fifth grade. And if your child's high risk with asthma or cystic fibrosis or he has leukemia or he has something that would make him you know, especially vulnerable, then as a parent, you can you can put your child on remote. We can't go remote as a whole district currently because of the state, but your child can go homebound, which is the equivalent of remote because they're at risk. Um, now, here's the truth. Kids may get it, but unless they have some underlying disease, they're not going to die from it. Yes, there are pictures of kids on vents, and kids are in, on vents. Uh, Arkansas Children's Hospital filled up. But you know what? It's one hospital that serves a lot of counties. It'd be like Vandy Children's filling up. That wouldn't mean that we have a big epidemic of children being affected. That would just mean the beds we have at the one children's hospital are full. So we're going to come back and talk a little more about what to do with schools. So uh, we'll see you at the other side of the break. Folks, if you're looking for a primary care provider for yourself or your children or your family members, Right Care Primary Care, located in the Kroger Shopping Center off James Campbell, is accepting new patients. We take all insurances, and our providers will sit down and listen to you and help get to the bottom of your health care needs. If you're tired of being rushed in and out of the office and being treated like a number, come see us at the Right Care Primary Care Clinic. Myself and Kelly Kelly will be glad to take care of you and get you back on track to getting the right care now. One-stop shopping. That's why so many people shop Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat of Columbia. As the number one volume CDJR dealer in Tennessee, we offer the largest selection of new Ram, Jeep, Dodge, and Chrysler vehicles. And when you have the largest selection of new, you have the largest selection of used, too. Combine that with state-of-the-art, fast, accurate service, and you've got Tennessee's number one volume dealer. Shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net. Middle Tennessee's Ram Truck and Jeep Headquarters. You can count on us. Based on combined retail and fleet sales is awarded by Chrysler in the state of Tennessee in 2019. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 7 p.m. two nights a week, 931-388-8452. Beck Dental Care in Columbia, 1603 Rosewood Drive. 
I love this station. Absolutely love the station. Oh, yeah. You guys are the best, best, best. It is the best station. <laughs> You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. This is the Chandler Anderson Show, presented by Right King. All right, so let's go back to what do we do with schools. So I think we all can agree that parents are best suited to make the decision for their kids. I say that to parents that I see their children as patients. You know your kid better than I ever will. Um we do have the option of going homebound if those children are high risk. And there are children that are high risk. We know that most children that get COVID are going to be okay. The thing we have to be careful of and mindful of is post-COVID pneumonia in those children. So we know that they're going to be okay. Uh, we know that they could end up on the ventilator if they have underlying disease, just like adults. So those at risk have underlying disease. So if you're, a, if you're a kid with bad asthma, we kept our children home because of Jack. Jack has asthma, but he's kind of grown out of it. So we felt okay letting him go back the last nine weeks. Uh, he's not using his rescue inhaler. I'm not sure he could tell you where his rescue inhaler was. He's not using his Simbacort. I mean, he, I don't even think he's taking a Singulator now. So, I mean, they do their own thing because um, they're teenagers, and I don't know anything. <laughs> but uh, I've just come to accept that and move on. Uh, but yeah, kids, we're just going to let kids get it. And I know that's not a popular opinion, but listen, we all grew up going to chicken pox parties. My mama loved two things, chicken or three things, days of our lives and Stefano DeMera and Rowan Brady and Marlena Brady, I guess, chicken pox parties and yard sales. Because I don't know how many times I got the chicken pox. I think only once, but she just kept taking me to these parties. Mm -hmm. Just (laughs) to be sure. Just to be sure I got it and went on and got it out of my system. Uh, I remember sitting in kindergarten at the pink desk because I had chicken pox. My mom said, you got to go to school because I got to go to work. (laughs) And that's what we're running into with COVID is you've got parents who have to go to work. So they send their kids to school. And then that kid gives COVID to people. But in our meeting the other day, one of the physicians brought up a great point. If I if there's five of us in a room, Mike, and I am the person at risk for a bad outcome if I get COVID, who needs to wear a mask? As I understand the masks, the, the it's everybody Me. else. No, no. Me. I need to wear an N95. Well, the N95. Okay. Right. The All other right. people could give it to me, but if I'm sitting here with an N95 on, I'm not going to get it. It's just like my staff. Okay. They wear N95s so that they don't get it. So here's a solution for the school system. If you have employees that are going to be within six feet of children, and, and actually some of it, some agencies have backed it down to three. Uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics actually started at three and then backed down. Um, I think they kind of bowed down to some political pressure. But if you're going to be within six feet of children inside, inside, because outside we have wind current and we have a way to disperse aerosol uh, when you cough. Um, So if you're inside and you're working in a school, you need to wear an N95 
that's properly fit tested. An alternative to that are KN95s. K just means not made in the U.S. because America. You know, we got to make sure people know where stuff's made. So KN95s work as well. That's what I wear when I go out. Uh, to the hospital to see people. I don't wear a mask out in public. You know why? Because since my daughter can drive, I don't go anywhere. (laughs) If I go to Don Pepe's, you know what? I don't linger. I don't talk to people. And if I do, I definitely am not within six feet of them. (laughs) You know, and the truth be known, I've probably had a couple of Jack and Cokes. As far as I know, uh, Diet Cokes, alcohol is an antiseptic, Mike. So that's what I heard. That's what I heard in John Wayne movie. That for, yeah, I've been hearing that for a long time. <laughs> pour, pour it on the knife and sterilize right. it before you that's stick it in right. there and dig that bullet out. That's right. <laughs> um, so, you know, protect teachers. Give them the face shields, you know, if, if they don't want to wear the N95s. Z-Dog talked about language development. That is essential for kids to see how other people talk and to read lips and, think, and teachers' lips. So in kindergarten, it may be that the teacher's six feet away. And they don't have to wear a mask unless they're going to be in the midst of the kids. I mean, Mike, how far was your desk from kids? Uh, most of the time I was at least eight to 10 feet away. If I was up at the front of the room, it was, uh, occasionally I'd get a little closer than six feet if I was moving. I, I, right. I tend to move around the room a little bit. Well, the uh, thing is hall changes like class time changes, right. put a mask on. Yeah. Right. Uh, when you're going to be around the kids in the lunchroom, put a mask on the best you can. Um, but, you know, protect those people who are most vulnerable. Now, the good news is, I was very happy to hear from Director Hickman that most of our teachers either had COVID. I'm not happy that they had COVID, but they either had, they're not COVID naive, as they're called. They either had COVID or they were vaccinated. So they're not going to die if they get COVID, which is good. Uh, we already have a shortage of teachers. We're having to close Central two days one week, one day the next week, because we don't have enough teachers. We literally have opened the floodgates. If you have a bachelor's, you can go teach. That's how that's, desperate we are for teachers. Yes. I can't that, see that, anything that's, that's, that's wrong scary, with that. As, as a former teacher, that's a that's a scary thought in and of itself, completely well, independent of the COVID well, situation. I mean, what's the worst that happens? You end up in a kayak off the <laughs> coast of California. Hush. So, <laughs> um, you know, loosen the attendance policy because you know what? The schools that did COVID right last year, you know what they said? If you're sick, stay home. If you're sick, stay home. We're not going to take you in front of a judge. We're not going to do truancy. If you're sick, stay home. So some of the private schools did, and they did fine. Now, granted, they have smaller class sizes. They have um, wider hallways. They have things like that. But they do. Um, they did have um, better outcomes because kids need in-person learning. They do. They have enough screen time as it is. I mean, we we watched a wrestling pay-per-view Sunday, and the most common th- – and my kids were hyped about it. My boys were. Abby was, couldn't stand it. But she lives outside in the little house. But the most common thing I said was, get off your phone, Jack. Get off your phone. Kids have enough screen time. They don't need to get their education from a screen. They need that socialization of being around other kids and being around a teacher. And you know that because when kids return to school, they had behavioral problems because they had to adapt back into the social norms of school when they've been at home all year. So, um, you know, the recommendations were that, you know, N95s or KN95s for the teachers, loosen up the attendance policy. 
Uh, kids are going to get COVID. We got to accept that. It's like chickenpox. They're going to get it. If they don't have underlying disease, they're probably going to be just fine. What you got to worry about is who keeps that kid. Is it a healthcare worker who we may take out a provider if they get COVID because they can't go to work with COVID? Is it grandmother who isn't vaccinated because she got bad information because somebody sent her that video of Dr. Stock? Because that's the thing. He spoke really convincingly. If you didn't know at each point to go, nope, wrong, wrong, wrong. If you're sitting in that audience, you're clapping because that guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about, right? So um, that's that's the issue is kids need in-person learning. We can't have in-person learning if we don't have enough teachers. We can't have in-person learning if teachers are out sick on top of not having enough teachers. But here's the thing, and I will defend Michael Hickman on this all day, every day. We didn't get here overnight with a teacher shortage, and we're not going to get out of it overnight. So you got to be a little patient. And those of you who are complaining about not having enough teachers and the schools being closed, probably going to ha- we're probably going to have to accept that we're going to have to pay a little more taxes to get pay a little more for teachers. I did a live stream that was about 45 minutes the other day, and I compared the bachelor's pay, the master's pay, the master's plus pay, the I think it's EDS pay, um, and the doctorate pay, and Bedford County beats us in all those. Think about that. Marshall County yeah. beats us in most of those. Just as a, a, a general idea, though, that and, and we're, we're, we're starting to experience it. It's something that I've held uh, as a personal belief for a long time. Chandler, you know, back in the 1800s, what was the, what was the reputation of the local doctor? Oh, they 1800s. were. 1800s. Yeah, they were the kind of gods of the community. No. No? They were the barbers who would Oh, the leeches, anything. the leeches, yeah. I and, thought and we were talking like about that. home visits no, and things no, like that. No, no, in the 1800s, anybody could be a doctor. Oh, okay. Anybody. I mean, literally, you know, and, and your, your, your barber was nine times out of ten. Hence the pole. Was, was, yeah. also, right, was also the, the, the local doctor and stuff like that. And they were looked on, you know, they were kind of, yeah, at times. What, they, what did they do as a profession? But they raised the standards. Right. And created a shortage in which people you know again now you come into the law of supply and demand the more more people needed a doctor there were fewer doctors out there so i'll pay more to get one right and they and they kept raising their standards raising their standards and they're weeding out the 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 charlatans weeding out the snake oil salesmen and 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 stuff like that yeah and eventually create but it didn't happen overnight like you said create a an elite level of of qualification and a relatively elite level of pay. But how did they do it? They event they have first created a shortage due you know by raising standards of of you know okay, that's what's going to have to happen to teachers. Right. And we're we're seeing it. We're right. seeing it happen. The 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 it's and that's why I said it's a scary thought and when Anybody's got a bachelor's degree right now, we'll talk to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, you, basically what you're going to have to do is make the teaching profession more attractive. And once that becomes what that happens, then you're going to start getting your better people, much like the medical profession, right. much like the law profession. Well, and once you, you know, look around and you see all these other counties, you see Marshall County pays more. That's a 20 yeah. minute drive. That's a 20 minute drive. Director Hickman 
beeping in. All right. Yeah. That's a 20-minute drive. You yeah. Know, I, and and, it's, and but it's, 20 minutes for two grand more a year? I go north. Yeah, and I mean. It's even it, more. <laughs> well, you look at Williamson. They have a ton more students than we do. Right. That was the other thing I harped on. And resources. Right. And, 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 and tax stuff. dollars. Tax yes, base. I was going to say, and resources. And, and, and look, guys, here's the bottom line. We're going to have to pay more taxes if we yes. want to pay teachers more. That's just the bottom line. And, and if I have to pay $100 more a year taxes, then and that means my daughter doesn't miss out on days her senior year because there's not enough teachers, then that's what that means. And as a libertarian, it hurts me to say yeah. pay more taxes, but that may be what we have to do because it's yeah. certainly cheaper than private school yeah. tuition. Yeah. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't mean to imply that our, our current teachers, you know, are not more qualified. No, they have but, settled. They yeah. have, they have, but, they have settled and they're dedicated. But like I said on our education show, I can't write a check to CPWS and put dedication. Mm-hmm. It's got to yep. be money on that check. That, yeah. And when it becomes more attractive economically, you're going to get your better people. You're going to get more people looking, looking towards that. And right now it's, we're just not there. Right. Well, I will tell you, Director Hickman has, God bless him, he has had a oh, uh, yeah. bad year last year. This year ain't starting so great, but he's trying. I mean, the dude's trying. The fact that he sat down with us, with Scott Gaines and Perriman, and to get information, like non-biased information, yeah. tell, says a lot about it. Hey, I do want to touch on this. So, look, a lot of people are talking about ivermectin. If your doctor's writing ivermectin, good. That means your doctor's doing something. Ivermectin prevents a virus from entering the cell. If the virus can't get in the cell, it can't replicate. Your viral load can't go up, so you don't get sick. So there's that. My issue with ivermectin is the dose for intestinal stuff and scabies is usually 0.2 milligrams per kilogram dose times one, and you might repeat it in two weeks. They come in three milligram tablets. So take me. I'm 270. That's 122 kilos. Multiply that by 0.2, that's a 24-milligram dose. That's eight 3-milligram tablets. Okay, so what we're taught in school is if you're giving somebody more than two tablets at a time or more than two teaspoons at a time, we run into this with Bactrim liquid all the time. Like pharmacies will call and be like, are you sure you want to give this kid 15 mLs of Bactrim? <laughs> yes, because it's the trimethoprim, not the sulfa part we base it on. But um, 24 tablets. That's, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, back up. Eight tablets, that's a lot. Now, when you look at the record, now, it works. It seems to work. India is having rampant success with it, with the Delta variant. Um, For COVID, it's 0.3 milligrams per kilograms, two doses, 72 hours apart. So for me, that's going to be 72 milligrams in a 72-hour period. That's 24 tablets. That's a lot of medicine to take. And you're thinking, hmm. I don't know. I mean, and with me, I was prescribing hydroxychloroquine before it was cool. I'm just saying. So, but now that we have monoclonals that are without debate, if you're, if somebody's debating monoclonals with you, just stop talking because they don't know what they're talking about. Monoclonals are great and they turn people around. If they're debating monoclonals, they, that should be a sign that you should not listen to them. Monoclonals turn people around. So here's the thing. My prescribing of hydroxychloroquine has cut back now that I can get people in quickly for monoclonals. So that's the thing about ivermectin, too. I know some people are using it preventatively, but for active treatment, 
you have monoclonal. So let me say this, and I want to be clear. If you test positive and you're given no treatment, there's a link on my Facebook page. There's a link on the Chandler Anderson Show Facebook page. There's a link on the Right Care Clinics page. If you're positive, I'll do a telemedicine visit with you. You don't need to die with COVID because some dummy didn't treat you. There are monoclonals, there's hydroxychloroquine, there's ivermectin, there's Zithromax and Flovent to prevent post-COVID pneumonia. Do not sit at home without treatment if you're diagnosed positive. Yeah, one one other thing I'd like to bring up with the ivermectin also is to be very, very careful. Make sure it's under a doctor's prescription. Right, don't go to co-op. Because what you're getting at co-op is for a 1,500-pound animal. Right, and so and, remember I said my you know, dose was 72 milligrams. The the co-op is 6,000 milligrams. That's a lot more. Do that math. It's 166 times a dose. Go see your doctor if you're positive. If they don't treat you, telemedicine me. We'll get you taken care of. We'll worry about the bill later. We want people to be alive after this. We have a mobile morgue, folks. That ought to be an eye-opener for anybody that thinks that this isn't real. I'll see you all next week. Thank you all. Thank you, Coach Mike. Good to see you again. Thanks, Del. Glad for giving to have me, you back, Chandler. Uh, glad to be back. Thanks, Del, for giving uh, me the opportunity to have this platform to get good information out there. And, uh, folks, be kind to one another. This is Coach Mike, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle